Hi, my name is Beth, and I am the host of the Seeking Light podcast. In a world that presents us with growth and challenges, there is tremendous light. And this podcast is a source of light through scriptural insights that I have gained through the years. Come join me as I share light in a world that can sometimes be confusing. Okay, everyone, I'm so grateful you're here for Friday's podcast interview. I am interviewing my friend, Liza Lawrence, and I can call her that because over the last, I don't know, little few months, we have built a friendship and Liza um, has a podcast called Wonders and Miracles, and she's been doing it since August, 2018. And Liza is an educator. Um, She does... uh, She's a podcaster. Um, she's a caring person, a mother, a wife. She teaches at BYU-Idaho. Um, she also has work that she does that helps other find, others find light in their life. And that work is healing modal, different healing modalities. Um, I had interviewed Angela Russell a couple of weeks ago. So if you go listen to her, she's a therapist back East in Maryland and Um, Angela talked about two major uh, modalities that she uses working with uh, clients that go through a lot of trauma. And it was EMDR and IFS, which is internal family systems. And then the EMDR and I myself um, was greatly benefited by EMDR and internal family systems. So I reached out to Liza and I was like, Liza, will you come on? Because Liza does some amazing work. One specifically that I've done with her is um, human design and also theta healing. So I just wanted Liza to come because there's so much light in the world and she really emanates that. And I feel like you're going to enjoy learning about what Liza does and the, the, how it's brought her to this place in her life with podcasting and, and just caring for others and being an incredible professor. So Liza. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Beth. I'm so excited to be here. And I think we'll have a fun conversation about light, which is one of my favorite topics as well. Yes, it is. Okay, Liza, let's start from the beginning. Kind of tell everybody where you came from, a little bit about yourself and what's brought you to this place right here. So I feel like you covered a lot. I grew up in um, Cache Valley, Utah, just a little town in Northern Utah and loved spending time outside. I was a very sensitive child, always kind of tuning into weird things, <laughs> I suppose. Um, but I, I am a teacher at BYU-Idaho. I have taught both. I have a master's degree in education, and I've taught in both the public schools and private schools. Uh, Bailey, your daughter, was one of my students in my human development class at BYU-Idaho. And Probably about 13 years ago, I have to think of which baby it was, um, I got into uh, different healing modalities and alternative healing methods for my own sake and and realized that um, it was such a powerful tool to use with other people and to help. And that was kind of my goal was how can I help others heal the way I had experienced certain healing in um, using these modalities. So I love all things that help others find light and find their authentic self, which human design is one of those and, um, theta healing emotion code. There's a lot of modalities that are out there. I love IFS and EMDR. I think there's so many beautiful tools we have now, and I'm 
sort of drawn to those. So that's a little bit about me. Okay. So I want to ask you what 13 years ago, what was it that you were experiencing that pushed you to go and try to find, because here's the thing, like in regards to me with EMDR, I had spent years, I can't remember, you know, from my early life, I really even can't remember when I didn't, I had night terrors Mm -hmm. and I went to sleep specialist doctors. And when I went to this, uh, sleep specialist in, uh, central Oregon, they said to me, you have two options. You can either be on medication for the rest of your life to help you sleep, or you can go work with a sleep therapist. It could take anywhere from two, three, four years. Well, I was pregnant, so I wasn't going to go on the medication. And I knew that I didn't have the time to spend years seeing a sleep therapist. So it wasn't until fast forward 12, 15 years that someone introduced me to EMDR. So that changed my life. No more night terrors, no more getting up in the night with my heart racing and panicking and not being able to breathe and just feeling like I wasn't sleeping. So what happened in your life that caused you to say, I need to find an answer because the answer that I'm getting, it doesn't feel right. Yeah. So back up, it was not just 13 years ago. It was about 16, 17 years ago. Um, I was 28 years old. I remember it very specifically. Um, I had had two confirmed miscarriages, probably a third. Um, and I was seeking help in getting my hormones balanced. So I had had two babies and then, you know, we were trying to have a third and just miscarriage after miscarriage after miscarriage. And I had like many of us, and I love the medical field. I use it. I go to medical doctors, but I was a little bit frustrated with the, the protocols that didn't seem to get to the root of the problem. And I wanted to find the root cause. Like, why is my body not working well? Why are my hormones out of balance? (laughs) Why can't I have a get, you know, maintain a pregnancy? And so someone recommended a naturopath in town. He was a chiropractor, naturopath, and it felt correct for me. I think all of us have an internal guidance system. Human design calls it your inner authority, but it's the way that the the spirit works with your body. And I felt drawn to him like, okay, I want to try his, I want to see what he can offer me. And um, when I went, I instantly felt like this was the correct place for me. And we were talking and, you know, we got me on supplements and really looked at the root, like let's, let's build your body up to health (laughs) through, um, supplementation and natural practices. But I remember one day asking him, how important is it? And I kind of intuitively knew the answer, but how important is it that we deal with emotional traumas from my past in order for my body to really get back in harmony and back in balance. And he smiled at me and he said, well, it's actually one of the most important parts, but not a lot of people want to go there. And I was like, I want to go there. (laughs) Like I want to find the root cause. Like I want to heal. I'm not interested in a bandaid. I'm interested in deep healing. And so he, we went to work there and, um, he gave me, it was mostly self work that he gave me books to read protocols to go through on my own. 
And um, I remember really working through basically what I would call releasing trapped emotions now of bringing up memories, traumas that I had gone through and forgiving them. And it was a really interesting forgiveness process of validate the memory, the emotion, what happened. And then at the end say, but I forgive so-and-so they weren't intentionally trying to hurt me. They were doing the best they knew how, or I forgive this. And so it was this huge process of forgiveness. And I remember, and right after that, which I'll tell you, there was a moment that kind of blew me away. But after I had done all of those forgiveness practices and working with him with the supplementation, I got pregnant and was able to maintain that pregnancy within like a month or two. So it was very quick healing, I felt like. But during that time, the forgiveness protocols that I was working through, it was about a two-week process for me personally. And I remember having a moment where I call it my, if those, those of you that belong to the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints will recognize, will recognize this. I call it my Enos moment where <laughs> I just prayed my guts out and I prayed and prayed. And I just said, God, please help me release all of this. I don't want to be filled with the pain and the wounding that I've had from my childhood. Like I'm ready to let it all go, but I need your help. And I've done my work. <laughs> I've been working hard, but I need you to finish it. And I had, just like Anus describes in the Book of Mormon, an incredible experience with what I call the grace of God, but it was a divine energy that literally flowed down from heaven into the top of my head. And I felt it come into my heart and I felt my heart literally unlock, like open up and I could feel and almost perceive and see all of the darker emotions, vibrations flowing out of my heart. And I could feel my heart just release everything. And then this incredible love, divine nurturing, call it the grace of God. It was very mystical and magical and tangible flood into my heart. And when that happened, I felt this intense wholeness again, like, oh my goodness, <laughs> everything's okay. And I wondered after that experience, what in the world was that? <laughs> um, and that's what actually sort of shifted me into finding energy work or these healing modalities. Like what was that tangible substance? What was that thing that came into my body and healed it? And so that was the catalyst, I would say, working with this doctor, but it was this forgiveness process of releasing emotions from my body that motivated me to go searching for different More tools answer. Mm -hmm. of how do I, because my prayer became, once I felt that my prayer became, how do I share this with other people? How do I be an instrument for you, Lord? Because this was incredible. The most incredible experience I had had my whole life since up to that point. And I wanted to share that with others and understand it better. Why do, what do you think it is about this that makes people uncomfortable? Because I Sadly, it's hard to share, like with, say with EMDR to try to explain that therapy, um, or, or with you releasing these emotions, there's something about the Western world there, there, I feel like the society is okay with like we, in our small town, we have five pharmacies, 
Mm-hmm. So it's very comfortable to say, Hey, let's just go give you a drug. Let's just go mask this, like you said, and not get to the root cause. So why do you think it's hard for people to be okay with something that's just not a normal modality of healing? Why do you think it's a struggle for people? Um, I think it's, it's a struggle because we're so deeply conditioned in science and looking at, we have to have evidence, we have to have concrete knowledge, but what's really amazing to me is science is catching up with metaphysics and quantum physics. And we are starting to prove with some of these modalities, IFS specifically looking at how the neuroscience is, how these therapies are actually changing the brain and the connections in the brain. And so I think it will catch up with it. Um, but I think we're leery because maybe it's, it's so invisible (laughs) for a lack of a better word that we don't understand it logically. And we are trained in logic, the whole school system, our whole Western culture is trained to think logically and we, so when we get a spiritual, um, insight or an intuitive sort of idea, we doubt it. We start to question it because our logic kicks in and says, wait a minute, does this make sense? (laughs) And, and unfortunately, a lot of the times our intuition doesn't make sense logically, but we can feel it. And we're, we know it's true on some level. And, but, but I do think our, our trained conditioned logic jumps in the way and kind of make messes it up and confuses us. So, um, I think if we could have more permission as a society to honor our spiritual intuitive knowings, we would probably find more answers to our problems quicker than if we got stuck in our doubt, if you will. Right. Well, and I think I was just listening to a great talk, um, by a brother Dalton who, one of the things he says the tool Satan uses is logic. Yes. And he also usually his, 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 um, way of trying to get in there is second thought. Yes. So logic and second thought. And so I think that that's the thing is we want to explain everything logically Mm -hmm. and it's just not, I mean, I know for the, for the healing that's happened in my life, it's really been through prayer and trying to find other ways. I love, um, modern medicine. I think it's incredible and it's blessed our world so much, Mm -hmm. but I also think that there are things that God has provided that provide light to us that we have the ability to find if we are in need of that. I agree. I agree. And I would love to see more of a marriage relationship between Western medicine and alternative medicine. Yeah. And you know, it's Western and Eastern medicine. I would love to see more of a a partnership there because both offer very valuable insights to um, healing and helping us be well. Yeah. So from that, that, that first experience and that process, and then you got pregnant, what was it that you felt that you wanted to continue to find to help you with your life and, and your healing, your personal healing? Um, It was more of a desire of 
I just had this intense desire to help other people at that point because I had been helped so much. And so it was like, what tools do I need to have? What skills do I need in order to offer the same type of help to others? That was my motivation. And, and what I love, it's the statement of when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. <laughs> it was like, okay, if that's what your desire is, I will give you, I'll lead you down the path to finding your teachers, finding the modalities that you'll like, finding the things that will be the skills and tools you'll need to help others. And, and when I first started, um, I started with the emotion code, which many I'm sure have heard of the emotion code. And I loved that modality quite a bit. Um, but every time I would work with someone and people were seeing great results, like there were some pretty phen phenomenal experiences that I've had with people. Um, one, can I share one? This was yeah. a, such a fun one. I was working with a, she was probably 16 months old. And I love children because they shift so fast and their logic doesn't jump in the, in the way and cause problems. <laughs> um, but she was not walking yet on her own. She could cruise around the furniture, like hold on and walk. And her mom was like, I know she can walk, but there's a block there, some type of mental block. And we worked on that little girl for a few, probably a half an hour. And I kid you not, she got up right then during the session and walked across the room. Like she just got up and walked <laughs> on her own. So fun things like that, that kind of blow your mind a little bit where you're like, whoa, <laughs> that really worked. Um, and where was I going with that? I kind of got sidetracked, but well, you, um, you said that you started with that, the emotion code, and then you, yes. And while I was, yeah, while I was doing that, every time the spirit would say to me, and, and I have, I love my, my connection with God. I, I meditate every day. I love just being tuned in and getting messages, but the spirit said to me, um, this isn't what you'll do forever. This is training wheels for your intuition. Like you are learning how to tune in to your intuition and to feel truth in your body, to feel alignment um, when things are in alignment, this is what it's teaching you. And so I loved that because I, I started with that and then I found other modalities and I'm even currently looking for other modalities. Like I'm just a learner and I want as many tools as I can have that can help people. Because the other thing I love about all the therapies out there is not, it's not a one size fits all there's, so, I love the variety and people will find the one that will be correct for them. And so that's, I just love that there's so many out there that can help people. Yeah. And you know, that's what I feel with the work that I do is that coaching and emotion code body code is that I literally just want to help people. I just mm -hmm. want them to be able to feel at peace with themselves. And, um, it's just kind of a bridge that helps that process those, those wonderful modalities. So I want to talk to you about, uh, human design because, um, that's how Liza and I really got connected is Liza was visiting with my daughter, Bailey and, and her cousin, uh, Caitlin after class and Bailey texted me a question. I'm like, oh, are you doing human design? And we got on the phone and then Liza and I just started 
communicating and I did an, an, a human design appointment with her. So it's kind of like how I describe it in simple terms. It's kind of like a personality test. It is. Yeah. Where you learn all about yourself and the gifts really, I mean, it's just a, it's an amazing experience because you, I grew up always feeling worried about different things about my personality. And so it was just wonderful and reaffirming, like, this is who I am. Like, I don't, I move a lot. I can't stop, sit still. And that makes sense with the, the manifesting generator that I am. So can you talk a little bit about human design? Yeah. So human design found me, which usually it finds people once again, when the student's ready, <laughs> the teacher appears. Um, <clears throat> and I was really struggling during COVID <laughs> and we were building a house. I was living in a trailer. I was just having a hard time. And my sister said to me, have you heard of human design? And every cell in my body lit up. You know, when truth hits you where you're like, that's for me, that's how human design hit me. And I was like, no, what is it? And she says, well, it's basically a, like a blueprint, a body map of how your, your energy functions and how your personality works in the world. And I was like, Hey, I'm interested because <laughs> I love, I do love all the personality modalities. It helps you understand people and yourself. So um, I started studying human design and it was really fun because it was exactly like you said, this validation of, oh, there's nothing wrong with me. This is how I'm wired. Like I was born to do these things or to behave this way or function this way. And so much of our life, which I teach in human development, we're deeply conditioned to behave opposite of what is our nature, what comes natural to us. And then we feel the discord and we're like, what's wrong with everything? Because <laughs> I don't feel good and I'm not feeling well. And it's because we're fighting against our truth, our authentic self, because we're trying to please our parents or our spouses or everyone in society. And we're compromising our own truth. And so with human design, you really get to dig in to validate, no, this is how you truly function. And let's give yourself permission to decondition all those expectations that the world had for you and get you back in alignment with your authentic self. So you can be who you came here to be. And that's really how I use it in coaching others is let's, let's reaffirm to you that you're correct in these things that you've always known. <laughs> but you've tried to change or others have tried to change in you and support you in becoming who you truly came here to be. So give uh, an example in regards to you. What was one thing that was very reaffirming with you for human design? So I am what's called a projector. There's five different types and, um, you're a manifesting generator. These are super busy people. They, they generate a lot of energy, which I love. I'm a projector, which projectors are people that are here to guide others and transmute energy. And when I learned that, I was like, oh my gosh, no wonder I've been sensitive to energy my whole life, even as a child. Um, I, and when I when I started working with my teacher, she pulled up my chart and this was kind of cute. She said, oh, I just want to tell you, she looked at my chart and she goes, I just want to tell you, 
you're not crazy. You're just highly sensitive. <laughs> and it was so validating because I had felt kind of crazy a lot of the time, like, oh my goodness, I can just feel everything. I'm an, an emotional empath. Things will throw me out of balance. The environments I live in are, I have to be in a very um, positive environment for my own health and well-being. So all of these things felt very validating to me that, okay, there's really nothing wrong with me. And when you know your gifts and what you came to offer, you can embrace them more fully without self-judgment and without the shame of <laughs> being told that you can't be like that. And so anyway, it was very validating to hear. And it was exactly what I needed in that step in my life to say, move forward. You're doing the right things. Like it's okay. Um, keep, keep going in the direction you're going in. Um, if there are women and men that are listening, that are going, what is energy <laughs> in a, in a very simple explanation, would you say, would you tell them what, how you would define it? So energy is, it's basically um, frequencies, uh, frequencies, vibrations. It's like sound waves are a frequency. It's a vibration. So are our thoughts. So are emotions. So is everything. Einstein said, everything is energy. And energy. when you understand that you'll see the world differently, like, okay. And, and to give you an example, when everybody will have this experience, um, think of a time when you were really depressed or sad or just not feeling well, your energy, the vibrational frequencies of those emotions will make you feel tired. They're very slow vibrations. They're lower frequencies. And so when you are depressed, you have no energy, you have no motivation, you feel heavy. Literally, you can feel the vibrational frequency. And then think of a time when you were so excited about something and you were just looking forward to it and you had all this like high energy and motivation and you felt amazing. That's a frequency difference. And people I think have seen that experienced that in their lives where when you feel high and happy and excited, you have a lot of energy. You can, you're motivated. You can go, go, go versus when you're depressed, you feel very stationary and stagnant. So that, and it's just a frequency difference. It's a vibrational difference there. So, um, everything is vibrating like, and I, I like it like a piano, you hit a note, it's a frequency, it's a vibration. So are our thoughts, so are our, our emotions. So I don't know if that explains it. Well. No. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was even going to say like, cause some people think, oh, that's weird. Da, da, da. But think about it. Music, music mm -hmm. is energy because you can go, you can turn music totally. on or you can be at church and you literally feel a shift in your emotions. Totally. You can start crying. You can smile. You can have different thoughts. So there's so much out there that, um, I want to neutralize the word because I think it's just, some people can make it crazy, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Well, and I think it's, we, we don't understand it because we haven't been really taught what it is. Um, and when you look at it, and I do have a great quote from Albert Einstein, and then there's another one from Nikola Tesla that really talks about if science understood, and science does understand frequencies um, and the technology behind it. So it's not as weird as 
we might think it is, there is science to back this up. And so I think it's just unfamiliar. And sometimes when things are unfamiliar, they feel uncomfortable or we feel a little afraid of them because we've just never heard it before. But once you start to learn about it, it's like, oh, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. (laughs) It neutralizes it. Mm -hmm, Do mm -hmm. you have the quotes? I'll look for it while we're talking. Um, (laughs) Let's see. Okay. I'm in the right vicinity. Well, you know, that's what, while you're looking, Liza, that's the thing is like, um, things that I didn't understand that made me uncomfortable when I began to study and try to understand and, and also have God guide me like heavenly father. I'm, I want to know more about this. Am I heading in the right direction? Please let me know if I'm not, or, you know, make something happen that won't it's, um, it's very comforting to feel like you're learning and growing and you're moving in a direction that is incongruent is incongruency with his will and Mm -hmm. his ways. Mm -hmm. Yes. I love that. Um, and that's what I feel like we're all on this journey through life with God as a partner we're co-creating and he can guide us to what's correct for us. And for some people that might not be the alternative medicine type of things that might be Western medicine, or it might be science. Like you just, there's so we need it all. I really believe we need it all. And there's, we need that variety. Um, for if you look at how the planet is created, there's so much variety in our plants and the animals and the environments of from country to country and place to place. Like we need that variety to um, thrive. And so I just see it as one more option out there for people. Yeah, totally. Okay. As you continue to search, um, I want to ask you how these um, different modalities of work have helped you with teaching at BYUI, because I want to tell everybody (laughs) that my, our daughter, my daughter, Bailey, she loves sister Lawrence. That's, (laughs) and literally at the end of the semester, she changed her major to child development and she wanted to make sure she wasn't doing it because she loved Liza as a teacher, but that that was really where she was to going. But Liza has a gift and both Caitlin and Bailey just couldn't stop talking. Caitlin said she's the best teacher I've ever had. So how has this work affected translated for you uh, with teaching at BYUI? Well, first of all, thank you. And I love (laughs) Bailey and Caitlin, and I do love my students. I think I'll be honest. um, It's all about love. It really is. And I think that's what students feel. I genuinely love people. And I feel like that's how this work is translating into um, teaching is I see people. Well, this is a gift of a projector. I'll just say this. Um, I see people for who they are, um, for their potential. I can projectors are designed to to tap into potential. And I see everyone that way. Like you are an amazing human being. And, and with the healing modalities that I've had, it's, it's like, I can take those and invite them to rise up, rise into your potential, become who you came here to be. And, um, I think I connect with my students and not all of them, but I connect with those that are ready to 
step into that. Like, I want to be my best. I want to be who I came here to be. Um, I can't teach what I, I can't teach in the classroom, what I do in my private practice and my, my coaching and my therapies, but I can offer tools to my students quite a bit when they're struggling. And I feel like in the classroom itself, because we are talking about um, child development and human development, I can bring in a lot of the knowledge that I have in helping them understand why they are the way they are, the conditioned beliefs that they have. Are those true beliefs? Can you change them? Would you like to get rid of those limiting beliefs? We talk a lot about emotional development in my class. And so we look at, I'll introduce ideas of the the frequencies of emotions and releasing emotions. Like it's okay to process through emotions. And the nice thing is so many of our traditional therapies, mainstream therapies are processing the, the energy out of us like EMDR, IFS, um, tapping all of, a lot of these things do tap into, I see it as they go hand in hand. And so I don't feel, um, I feel like I can introduce students to ideas that they can then ask more questions. They can go on their own path and search and they can call their mom and their mom can say, are you doing human design? (laughs) (laughs) And I don't do it in the classroom, but really if they want to chat afterwards, um, I think I can reach people, um, when they're ready. Once again, it's when the student student is ready, ready, the the teacher teacher will. will. So I, 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 I really also, pray for my students and pray that the spirit will work through me to reach whoever's ready for more. More. Mm -hmm. Um, Just on a side note too, like, do you notice a change in our young adults from when? They're more open. I'll be honest. I feel like they're way more open-minded now. It doesn't feel, and it could be that I'm so used to it. I'm so comfortable now with my topics that I'm not nervous about sharing different ideas and different things that are out there, but more students, I think are tuning into their spiritual gifts earlier. That's how I feel. Yeah, no, I think you're right. I totally think you're right. Okay. Let's, I want to do a little bit of a shift to, um, your podcast. So what led you, I mean, cause I went back, I looked at your start date, August, 2018. So what made you decide to start a podcast? So that was God's idea. <laughs> uh, so I'm a I, meditator. I, I know, I know you have these callings, right? Like, okay, time to do this. And there is divine timing to when you step into something. And I was just in the morning meditating. And like I said, I love to meditate. I started meditating. 13 years ago. And I was asking God, what do you want me to do with my time? Like I'm here. I'm I'm happy to be an instrument. What would you like me to do? What more would you like me to do? And I very clearly heard share miracle stories. And I loved the idea because miracle stories are like my favorite thing. I love anytime people see God's hand in their life where they see they've seen him enter in and change something for them. 
And they can be big miracles or small miracles. I love it all. And I love to celebrate those with people. And so I loved the idea, but then I was told do it through a podcast. And that was overwhelming because I thought I have no idea how to run a podcast. And even at the time, I didn't really listen to podcasts. It wasn't a modality that I was familiar with at all. And, um, So I had to learn quite a bit. I took an online course to figure out how to even, what equipment to use. I'm not drawn to technology by nature at all. And so I, it was a lot of learning, but the idea of talking to people was really motivating to me. Like I do want to hear miracle stories. So it was really God's idea and I loved the idea. So (laughs) I thought, okay, let's, let's run with this. So Okay. So you chose the word miracles, but wonders and miracles, what made you put the wonders and miracles? In your um, so I honestly looking at other podcasts, trying to decide not to copyright another person. I thought about everyday miracles, but there's a podcast called that. And I also wanted to bring in the wonderful things that God does for us. So it might not We might not technically think it's a miracle, but it can be kind of a wow sort of situation or um, just the wonders, the awe of God. And um, it kind of reminded me of Fiddler on the Roof, the song Wonder of Wonders, Miracle of Miracles, this idea of like, God is everywhere. And so it just kind of was the, it kind of stuck as I played with different titles. Okay. So you do your first podcast and now we're looking five years later. I want you to share now. I didn't give her too much forewarning, but this morning I was thinking about my interview with Liza and I was like, I want her to share some podcasts that have really, um, stayed with you and that have impacted your life. So can you share a few podcasts that come to your mind that were really impactful? Yeah. So some of my early ones, um, probably were the most impactful because they were the first time I was hearing like really phenomenal miracle stories. One was, this one just blows me away. It was actually from my sister and I had never heard this story until she shared it with me on the podcast. Um, She was pregnant with her third baby and she was, she was napping one day and she had like a premonition just hit her as she was kind of waking up and this premonition or vision, it was a vision really that she saw her husband leaving the hospital with, she had two other little children and then this brand new baby, but he was all alone. And my sister had this understanding that she had died during childbirth. And when she had this vision, this premonition, she was like, kind of panicked, like, oh my goodness, I don't, I don't know if I want this. And the spirit said to her, you can choose, you have a choice. You can die, you can go, or you can stay. It's your choice. And in that moment, um, she kind of contemplated like, wow, I could exit this life. This life has been hard. It's been challenging. She had some struggles that she was dealing with and it felt really sort of like a relief. Like maybe I could step away from this life, but then feeling back into leaving her husband alone with these three little babies, she, she felt, no, I, I need to stay. And she chose, she, in that moment, she consciously chose to stay. So 
fast forward, she's getting ready to deliver. Well, she's probably two weeks from her due date and she just starts hemorrhaging out of the blue. She just starts bleeding and she is in the hospital. They rush her to the hospital and she realizes this is my moment of transition. I could go right now if I wanted to. And she said, this doctor came in that she had never met before. It was not her doctor. Um, he came right into the room and she said his presence was so calming and he reassured her and he was saying things to her that only she would understand the impact it was, but he was saying things, you are going to be okay. You're not going to die. You will stay here. And like things like this, just to calm her, which she needed at the time, like, am I going to die? Like, this is my premonition. And, um, and then at one point her husband gave her a blessing and the doctor was in the room and he said, this is very powerful stuff as he was giving her the blessing. And they ended up delivering the baby, stopped her bleeding. She stabilized. And then he left and her real doctor, her normal doctor came in and took over and she never saw this doctor again. And a, like a week later, when she got home, she called the hospital because she wanted to write this doctor a thank you letter. And she told them the name of this doctor who he had said, and they're like, we don't have a doctor by that name. We don't know. We don't know who you're talking about. And so she truly believes that this was an angel. This was someone that came in and stabilized her, was right there with her to keep her body from her spirit from exiting her body and from, from passing on. But she really believes that that was some divine um, being that came to help her, which blew my mind. I'm like, oh my gosh, that is incredible. <laughs> but truly the hospital was like, we don't have a doctor by that name. And she looked in the phone book. She looked, she couldn't find a doctor by that name. Cause he came in and introduced himself as I'm Dr. So-and-so. So, and she never saw him again. So that was one that made a big impact. And then I feel like, um, the other one, there's so many, some of my favorite ones are near-death experiences where people, die, they literally die, leave their body and go to the other side and they'll have incredible experiences in the spirit realm, lessons that they're learning, that they've learned messages that they bring back to us. Um, most of the people who I've interviewed with near-death experiences are hesitant to share their experiences because they worry that people will think they're crazy um, or that they, and it feels so sacred to them. It feels like such a, such a gift. That, mm -hmm. Yeah. That they got to experience the other side and come back and remember that. And so those are always really beautiful to hear, um, what they learned, what, what their experience was like. So I do love those, but then I also just love the everyday miracles. I think the biggest message I've heard from my audience and listeners is as they're listening to these miracle stories, they're starting to recognize the miracles they've had in their own life. The simple things, things that we just sort of discount as coincidence or, well, that was lucky, <laughs> but they're starting to recognize, oh no, I think that was divine intervention. I think that was God stepping in and 
and they're seeing their life in a more enlightened way, which I love so much that um, even the simple things we can notice are miracles. So that's, those are just some of the things I've learned through the podcast and some amazing stories. Do you have some miracles in your life that you're comfortable sharing? <laughs> well, I do have lots of miracles. Some of them are so fun. Um, I'm a very playful person. And so when, when there's miracles, I'm kind of like, praise God, like, wow, did you see that? <laughs> like <laughs> even simple things like, um, divine timing, everything worked out perfectly. Like I love seeing those as miracles. Um, I think the one I shared, that was probably one of my biggest miracles was the forgiveness process and truly just feeling such a divine healing come through my body. I would say that was probably one of my most impactful miracles that I had in my life. Um, another miracle I'm just thinking off the cuff here. I was pregnant. So many miracles when you're <laughs> pregnant, pregnant, having babies. I know. Well, you're co-creating, right? Right. Um, and I was pregnant with my first baby and my blood pressure kept going higher and higher. And the doctor was worried about preeclampsia. And um, so he was watching me very, very closely. I was high risk. And um, I remember... I was teaching at the time I was teaching first grade. Um, I didn't want to have complications. I was busy. And so I asked my husband for a blessing and I just asked if he could possibly heal the blood pressure that we could just stabilize everything. So he gave me a blessing and, um, it was a beautiful blessing inviting my body to heal and my blood pressure to stabilize. And from that point on, and I was probably, 28 weeks pregnant. So not full, not, you know, kind of in the middle. And from that point on my blood pressure stayed perfect, like perfect the whole rest of the pregnancy. And I didn't have any problems with preeclampsia. And so that was a, a powerful witness to me that, um, God is very aware of us and that blessings can heal and help our bodies. So that was another one that was pretty cool to me. Oh yeah. So Liza, I have a couple more questions for you. Um, what are some of the things in this life that you feel more grateful for because of healing arts, energy work, um, teaching this podcast, what are some things that you feel even more grateful for because of them? Um, I think it's just given me gratitude for how involved God is in our lives. I love that so much. I don't feel alone here. I feel very grateful to be aware that he's involved, that spirits are involved, the angels are involved. All of heaven is, is supporting us. And I think if I hadn't gone down the path I had, it would feel more chaotic and, and maybe a little uncertain and unstable and I think that's one of the biggest things I've loved is just recognizing. And I, I feel like with the podcast, that's one of my messages is the more miracles you notice, the more miracles happen okay. because we pay attention and we start to see it all the time. And I think I just, I recognize where God is involved and he's involved in everything. And I invite him to be, that's the other thing I'm grateful for is I've learned 
that I have agency and I have to ask, ask and you shall receive, like ask for God's help um, and expect it. We are entitled to God's help and it might not come in the way we think it is, but if we, if we, if we quiet ourselves, we'll recognize it more quickly than if we're so frantic trying to, to make things happen ourselves. Um, I'm also super grateful for the cool people I've met and my teachers and all the learning that I've, um, had throughout life. Um, you know, meeting you, meeting so many people that are like, oh, I just love people so much. And we're, <laughs> we're amazing creations of God and manifestations of God and his light. And that's been really fun. I'm grateful to meet just incredible people. Yeah. Okay. My last question that I ask everybody is how do you personally seek light? Personally, I can't live without light. <laughs> I, I am, like I said, a meditator, an avid prayer. I read scripture. I do a lot. I have an intense spiritual practice. And I feel like if I don't do that, which I have experienced times in my life where I've been too busy, <laughs> too busy to do it quotes. Um, and I have felt vastly different when I'm just trying to run the show and survive versus including God and light in my life. And I can't do it without it, without that light and that connection. It's just not, not as fun, not as beautiful, not as easy. <laughs> so I, I think light is everything. Yeah. Well, Liza, I think you're fantastic. Well, I think <laughs> you are so too, <laughs> grateful that Bailey had you as a teacher at BYUI because it, it brought us together and, um, built a friendship and I love what you have done. And, and I love the time that I've spent with you and what you've taught me through your example and your work. And if people like people wanting to find you, you can go on wonders and miracles, uh, with Liza Lawrence. So go check that out on, on your podcast apps. Anchor, I'm sure you're on anchor Spotify. Mm -hmm. all the, okay. all, the all of them. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then also, if you want to work with Liza for, um, human design or theta healing, um, anything that you want to, I will make sure and put Liza's information, um, email on the bottom of this, um, podcast description and you reach out to her because you will not regret it. <laughs> <laughs> You're awesome, Beth. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Liza. I am so grateful that you listened to my latest podcast. Please share these episodes with your family and friends. I look forward to being with you again soon. Have a great day.